Welcome to the You Got This podcast, featuring authors Donnie and Sandy. We invite you to settle in, open your hearts and minds, and be inspired to trust and present hope in the Lord. When you allow Him to lead the way, you got this. Hey guys, welcome back here to another awesome episode of You Got This. And it is Resurrection Sunday, people. God has risen. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, came back from the grave after having his whole entire life shattered by a few un- unfortunate choices, but those choices were already predicted. He knew that this would happen, and he still chose to go to the cross. And so we're going to talk about that today with the, the our special topic for today, the love story of God. He is risen. And, and reminder, people, we will continue our previous episode next week where uh, we will be recapping what we talked about in the first episode and then continue on to the next episode after that for next week. You are as close as you want to be. Remember that for our next week's final episode of that. But, and of course, we're going to continue. Uh, we're going to talk about the love story of God today. Yes, people. Uh, has he <clears throat> risen in your heart? Well, we're, we're going to show you a picture uh, of his love. And we're going to use the book of Hosea. Um, and verse 7 of chapter 1 says, Yeah, I will show love to Judah and I will save them, not by bow, sword, or battle, or by horses or horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. You see, today we want to talk to you about a, the love story of God. In the book of Hosea, God told Hosea to take an adulterous wife which represents unfaithful Israel and all of mankind. Hosea about is about a love story of a man who took an adulterous wife, prostitute, to be his wife, to love her, and to love her unconditionally. Israel would follow after God for a while, and then they would start drifting away, and follow after other gods. Oppression would set in from their own bad choices, where you reap what you sow, and attacks from the enemies, uh, and then they would cry out to God, and he would deliver them because of his love for them. He delivered them from the Egyptians and parted the Red Sea, and yet they couldn't give him time to give Moses the Ten Commandments and built for themselves a golden calf. Now, what a slap in the face that is for God. How come something you create, something that you make, be stronger than you? You want the, part, the thing that you worship to be stronger and more powerful. So you worship, and when you pray to it, it can answer your prayers. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yet, isn't that what we do? That's exactly what we do, because as humans, we are so impatient, we are so quick to judge, we are so flawed, it isn't fun. And God knew this when he created us, which is why he gave us the ability to make our own decisions, however bad decisions they are, we still have the right to make them on our own choice. That's why he wanted us to love him unconditionally, with no strength attached. And we can't even do that. We can't even stay with our own wives long enough. Whom we chose, whom we chose to court, whom we chose to fall in love with, and we still can't be faithful to them. And that, that that's our own choice. And we still keep on screwing up. But that's why God gave us his son Jesus to repent. 
to give him all our cares. And we still have problem doing that today. Yes. So we cry out to God and then we try to work it out ourselves. After praying him, praying to him, and then we become impatient. We turn to drugs, we turn to alcohol, we start gambling, we become workaholics. Oh, the list of my idols can go on and on. An idol, according to the Webster's Dictionary, is anything you give excessive devotion to. And so, if it's something else besides God, if you're turning to something else to try to solve your problems, hey, people, just a little newsflash, if you're depressed, and you turn to a bottle of alcohol to remove that depression, guess what? The thing that's depressing you is still going to be there after you come off your drunk. Because it's not going to solve the problem that made you depressed in the first place. It's only going to create worse, it make things worse for you. Because, hey, you're going to be a little bit poorer in the wallet. And then you might have created some problems along the way while you're out partying and getting drunk. Just saying, how can, how can that help you? But we do the same thing. And yet God still says, I love you. That's why God asked uh, Hosea to love Gomer. Because it's a symbol of how much he loves us. Hosea is a story that represents the story of all of mankind. Because we're human and we're going to mess up. We're flawed. Romans 3.23 says, We all fall short of the glory of God. And to those new to reading the Bible, they might become offended in that. But it's actually a verse that can set your heart at rest because it tells us that none of us are perfect. We all mess up and we will all sin. It puts us on level playing field. And it shoves pride right out the door. That means my sin isn't as good as yours or worse. And your sin isn't as good or as worse as mine. All sin is wrongdoing to the Lord. And that means we don't have to do anything to earn the love of God. And that should give that should make you feel peaceful. And why should it make you feel peaceful? I mean, we don't have to do anything that we aren't already doing except for changing our mindset. Loving the right person. Loving the right object. And it's not hard to do. We just got to take our focus on what is actually destroying our lives and put it on the one thing that's going to actually save our lives. And uh, I don't understand what's so hard about that. I mean, it goes back to my favorite, all-time favorite verse. You always uh, want to think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And a lot of people still can't do that today. It's very, very unfortunate that we can't just choose to walk by faith. Yeah, that's all we have. Yes, so none of us can measure up to the holy standards of God. But the love and faithfulness of God mm -hmm. says we don't have to. It's just like Hosea never gave up on Gomer when she left him to prostitute herself. God is not going to give up on us, and he's not going to give up on you. We cannot do anything that will earn the love of God because he loved us first when he created us. And he loved us when he died for us. The people of those days were hailing his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He rode in as, on a donkey. You get that? He rode in a donkey. Shows humility. Not pride, but humility. He's right down there with us. Showing that he understands us. 
that that we don't have to feel out of reach from him. So I love that. And then days later, they were yelling to crucify him. Do you get that, people? So why is it that we're worshiping him one minute and when things go our way and then when trials hit, we get mad and impatient with him and criticize him when we ourselves make the own bad choices and reap the consequences from it? Exactly. We are so quick to praise God when we're when things are going our way. But we're certainly there to trust God when it's not going the way we want it. It's called patience, people. It's called choosing the right path. We don't ask for directions when we need the directions to go to where we're going. But we're certainly quick to like, well, why is this going our way? Well, because you weren't supposed to go that way in the first place. Why didn't you sit back, ask for directions, and then go the way that you're instructed to go? No, we are quickly just to get in the car and just go without any sense of our destination or where our destination is at. It's like going to the Grand Canyon and you end up in Alaska. Then you wonder, like, well, how the heck did I get here and why am I here? Well, you didn't ask for directions. You went east instead of west. Same, same scenario when you're going about our daily lives. Ask God where we need to go. He'll give you the directions. Maybe not the time you wanted, but he will certainly give you the directions. Just have to be patient. So, you know, it, it's 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 like that with everybody. We make the wrong choice, but then yet when things don't go our way and we're having to pay the consequences of what we get mad at God. It's like doing something um, that is criminal. Uh, you rob a bank or you vandalize something or you, you hurt somebody else. Um, and then when you get put in, the, in, in jail, you get mad at God. Or when you spend all your money on frivolous things and then you don't have the money to pay your bills and then you get mad at God, God, why aren't you providing for me? Uh, well, um, I did, you know, that job that you had, but really, did you need those, um, did you need those $70 pair of shoes when you could have got something that was a little bit cheaper? Uh, but yet you have to compare yourself, you know, with the Joneses, so to speak. And you have to be right up there. Who's trying to please God or the people around you? So when we're spending our money on frivolous things, that things that cost, you know, 150 bucks when we could have chosen something a lot less expensive, we can't blame God for not providing enough money for us. So we get mad. So we're just as bad as the Israelites back then. We make the wrong choices. And then we, when we pay the price, we just have to humble ourselves, submit, and repent for any bad attitudes, and then trust Jesus. Because, see, God chose Jesus, his only son, to die for our sins so we could be with him in eternity. And he doesn't stop there. He helps us all through life as well until we get there. He loved us when he went to the cross. And he loved us when they were beating him. He loved us when we reject him. He loves us when we blame him for something that we do ourselves. That's what the cross is all about. It's about the unconditional love of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. 
and are we worshiping him every day and thanking him for that and are we worshiping him on this special day are we treated treating it like something um the easter bunny came yeah exactly are we, what are we doing today people are we honoring god are we honoring a little fuzzy bunny that has nothing to do with anything I mean, it's supposed to be the two go hand in hand, but I, I just don't see the picture. I just don't see it. I, I really don't get what the bunny has to do with anything. But not that it's wrong. I just don't get it. It has to do with Jesus Christ. It doesn't have to do with the little fuzzy six-foot-tall bunny. And not that there's anything wrong with it. I just don't get it. But the unraveled at it. But uh, long story short here, people, is Jesus Christ died for our sins and arose from the dead. But we're going to take a quick break here and listen to an all-time old song, but one of my favorites, called Above All by Michael W. Smith. And we'll be right back right after this.
part of me Hey guys, welcome back here. We're going to continue on with our topic for Easter Sunday. That the real story is he has risen. He has risen from the dead to save us from our sins. How are we spending our time with God today? Are we watching something lame on Netflix? Or are we watching Jesus walk down the street to Galilee? What are we doing, people? And all I can say is thank you, Jesus, for taking our sins away, even though we are certainly not worthy. Yes, and make time to worship him as you should be doing every Sunday. You know, the Lord created the Sabbath day as a day of rest. And, you know, we worship the Lord on that day. Now, your Sabbath day can be on Saturday and it can be on Sunday. But whatever day you choose to worship the Lord, uh, make sure you're worshiping him on that. And this is the third day. He, this is the day he rose from the dead. Jesus was rejected. And he was rebelled against for us. And we we need to be able to give him a little bit of time to honor that day. Whether you watch a service on online on TV or you go to one in person, just make sure you spend some time worshiping him on, on this special day. Jesus was rejected. He was rebelled against and he was mocked. They beat him over and over with a whip that had leather strands at the end with sharp rocks at the end of each one. They beat him over and over with it until his face and his whole body was marred with stripes of blood and swollen. As Isaiah 52, 14 and 15 says that he was marred beyond human likeness. And as they beat him, there was blood all over the ground, all around him. Then he had to carry that over 300 pound cross up the hill to Golgotha. And along the way, he was weary. He was tired and he fell, I'm sure, several times until they finally got someone in the crowd to help him. So if you don't think he understands your trials, you don't understand. If you don't think he understands what you're going through, oh, yes, he does. He was tempted and tried. And then yet he still kept blameless. and He still made time to spend with the father. So if he had to spend time with God, shouldn't we? He set the example, as it says in John we should do as he has done. It's John 13, 15. So are you doing that? Are you living by the example of Jesus Christ? Are you seeing the unconditional love that he went through for us? And then they nailed him to the cross. Can you imagine nails being, oh my goodness, I'm cringing just thinking about it. Nails being put into his wrist and into his feet. Can you picture that? And maybe you should keep that picture in his mind because he's bloody all over. They put a crown of thorns on his head, making fun of him as king and digging into his face. So there's blood running down his face from the thorns, blood running down his face from where they beat him. Okay, who can tell me that that's not love? Jesus doesn't make anybody do anything and says he said he gives us free will to come to him freely. And then he tells us to love our fellow man. 
He tells us not to judge him. So if people are judging their fellow man, it's not because Jesus told them to. He specifically tells us not to do that. He is the one and only judge. He tells us to love our fellow man, to have grace and mercy just as he shows it to us. He tells us to forgive our fellow man. This is a picture of unconditional love. This and the cross. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's what Romans 5, 8 says. And while they were beating him, he still says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah, and he said that all the way throughout his uh, torment that he was being beat on when he was being scolded and being carried across. He said, he said, forgive them, they do not know what they do. And honestly, it, I, who can imagine going through that situation and not be angry at the people who are doing it? He did not get angry once. He did not cuss them once. He did not yell. He, did, he just took his punishment on the cross as his father told him to do. And he had to do it because he because he knew nobody nobody on this earth could go to heaven because we are not worthy of going to heaven. We were never worthy to go to heaven. He had to send his son down to take our punishment because he's the only one man enough to do it. Yes. Because he knew we were weak. He knew the flesh was weak. But he wanted us he wanted a family. He wanted someone to spend eternity with him. He wanted us. That's why he created us, to be his family, to be with him in eternity. So he already knew, and he had a plan all along. And it was always the plan. And if you read back in the Old Testament, and if you see the picture of the tabernacle they built, that's the picture of Jesus Christ. It symbolizes him. And if you're new to the Bible, I would suggest you start reading in the New Testament. Because that's where you get to know who Jesus is. And you have to know who he is to recognize the symbolism of him in the Old Testament. But his death on the cross is all about his mercy and his love and his grace. And Homer, I mean, excuse me, Hosea never gave up on Gomer. Just as God never gives up on us. And he waits patiently for us. He says that God is not patient. He's not slow, in, as some understand slowness, but he's patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. I think that's either in First or Second Peter. See, if you're wondering why God has taken so long with some people, it's because he's waiting on them to come to him. And, he, you know, he doesn't want to have to judge. He wants them to repent. And so that's the, what the book of Hosea is about. It's about a love story. It represents God's love for us. That Hosea never gave up on Gomer. And God never gives up on us. It represents God's unconditional love. Hosea represents the rebellion of mankind, the love and mercy of God, and God's forgiveness. That that's why he died on the cross. Because of his unconditional love. And that's why he was sent to earth to die on the cross and to be made in the human form so he could understand the weaknesses of the flesh so he could understand us and have mercy on us and there's nothing that we can say or do that will separate us from that love
but I don't think he asks us in return. It's a left him unconditional repent of our sins. And you're going to have to repent more than once. Because once you get saved, that doesn't stop you from sinning. You have to want to stop from sinning, but you also have to want to repent from what you do in daily life. Because this world is a fallen world, and you're going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted like you've never been tempted before. You are going to be persecuted like you've never been persecuted before because the world will hate you as the world has hated Jesus. We all know that. But you have to be strong enough to withstand it, and you're going to need God's help to withstand it. But you will sin. You will keep on sinning. Nothing's going to stop you from that because we are flawed. We are flawed like we've never been flawed before. But the only difference that sets us apart from them is we know we're flawed, and we just have to ask for God to help us and forgive us. Yes, and that's why he died with arms wide open. He died with arms wide open saying he's always open for us. He's always there for us. And he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. And Romans 8, it, I advise you to read that because it is such an awesome chapter in, in Romans. It says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, you know, it says that there is nothing in the world that can separate us from the love of God. So there's nothing we can do, nothing we can say that will separate us from his love. That no matter what we do, that he's still going to love us. And all you have to do, as Donnie said, is, is ask him for forgiveness. First John 1 8 9, that's what it says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So all you have to do is just pray, ask. It's as simple as that. And don't wait to do it because when you wait, Satan's going to slip in and try to make you feel guilty and ashamed and put you down deep in a pit that's hard to get out of. But hey, just do it right away. Admit it. Humble yourself because Jesus was humble. That's why he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And then he says he'll forgive you your sins and remember them no more. Now, how many of us do that? We'll forgive sins. We'll forgive people who hurt us. But it's still in the back of that mind that, that it happened way back when. But God says in Hebrews 8, 12, I will forgive you your sins and remember them no more. That means if you ever bring it up, he's going to say, what are you talking about? That's what it says in the Bible. And then we get a do-over as if we never sinned before. Now, what person, what human does that and so easily as God does? He never gives up on us. Hosea found Gomer when she left and no one else wanted her. They thought she wasn't worth it, not even worth buying, not even worth putting money towards. But Hosea wanted her just as God wants us. And he bought her back, as it says in Hosea chapter 3. And that's what God did for us. He bought us back through Jesus' death on the cross. That is love. Greater love has no man than this, than they lay down their life for their friends, says John fifteen thirteen, And this is a picture of the cross. Hosea 6, 1 and 2 says, Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. And after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. You see, on that third day, Jesus rose from the dead. And he sends his Holy Spirit into our hearts upon us, asking. And as Johnny said, all you have to do is just believe. Believe in who he is. Believe in what he did, that he died on the cross. Refuse to make him Lord of your life and receive him. John 1.12 says, to those who receive him. To those who believe in his name, they're given the right to become the children of God. See, 
children of God. That means you're, you're birthed into a family. It's a new spiritual birth. That's what it means by being born again in John 3.3. 3. You are born again. You get a do-over. And you now have a spiritual family that is international. Who would not want that? And it's just as easy. That's just that easy. And then you have someone to lead you, guide you, provide for you, protect you, comfort you, heal you, love you. And so much more from now on into eternity. Who would not want that? That's exactly right. Who would not want that? But you also got to remember when we're Christian, when we give our love to God, we will be tempted and we will fail. Because we're, we're a flawed species. We are flawed as in, in nature. Nobody is perfect. The only person that is perfect in this world is Jesus. He is was without sin. We are born in sin. So therefore, we can ask for forgiveness, we can get baptized, and we can be a Christian. But that doesn't stop you. You will sin again, but you will you know something that they don't is that you will have to ask for forgiveness each and every time you do sin. But you would want to do that because you want to please God. We can't do it all the time. We can't do it by ourselves. We have we have God's guidance to help us. And that's all you have to do is ask for forgiveness. And you'll be asking for forgiveness probably on a daily or weekly basis. But you know that God is your Savior. That's the difference. And, and just pray in your heart right now and as if you just did and tell someone because it is your spiritual birthday. When you ask for forgiveness, it is your spiritual birthday. It is an unconditional love of Jesus Christ is why we should thank him every situation because we know it is out of his love that allows us to draw something that is not needed of us. That will hinder our walk to astray to us astray or to bring passion out of us needed for the path he has for us. God has a path for every single one of us. He has a chore for every single one of us. We just have to figure out what that is and God will guide you. Yeah, so if you're wondering why you have to go through certain trials, sometimes these trials are because of our own bad choices. Free will. Remember, there is free will, and if God had to take it away, he'd have to take it all away. And sometimes it's from the free will of others. And we get hurt as a result, but God promises to pick us up, and he promises to heal us, and he promises to restore what has been stolen. Because of that hurt. And some of those trials are just to grow us, to grow us up spiritually. As you grow as a child, from a baby to a toddler, to a young child, to a teenager, to a young adult, and into an adult, and into the wise elderly. Yes. So we have the same spiritual growth levels in our spiritual walk in Christ. And so some of these trials are because we're doing something we're not supposed to be doing. It's going to hinder our walk or we're enabling somebody else. And some of these trials are to draw sin out of us. So it will, it will hinder our walk. And so it can we can get clean out and go forward and not being hindered. But then some, as I said, are to grow us. His unconditional love is why we celebrate him. We should celebrate him every day. 
It's why we celebrate his birth and it's why we celebrate the season of Easter. It is the Passover. It is a Passover in which to us, it's the finished work of the cross. We pass over from a spiritual death to life, life everlasting in Jesus Christ. We become sinless because of him. What he did on the cross and our profession and we receive a promised home in heaven and we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit to help us through life on earth. You see, you don't know what he's got planned. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, What I has seen or ear has heard, or human mind has conceived what God has planned for those who love him. So do you know want to know what he's got planned for you? Have you made that profession of faith? Have you received him in your heart as Lord? We want to give you that chance in closing. We want to give you that chance and then we want to pray for you. So if you are coming to the Lord for the very first time, just pray along with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that you are my God. You are creator. I know you sent Jesus Christ, your only son, to die for me on the cross. And I honor that. this day. And I want to ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and just give me a do-over, God. Help me to get it right. And Lord, help me to grow up in the path that you have for me. Grow up spiritually. Increase my faith. Give me wisdom and understanding to help understand the Bible. And help me in my everyday life to continue to love you and please you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. You just prayed that prayer. I want to congratulate you and happy birthday. This is your spiritual birthday. And if you did, I ask, ask that you, if you don't have a Bible, to get one. If you do, uh, you, and you haven't really understood, start reading it again. Because, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. That's Proverbs 1-7. And so he will help you. And say a little prayer. Lord, come into my reading time with me and help me to understand. And he will help you to understand. And begin reading, as I said, in the New Testament. Um and then start back because you have to know who he is to know the symbolism of who he was in the Old Testament. And I just want to thank you. And hey, reach out to us. Email us. Info at yournewlifeministries.org or you can do it through our website. Visit it. Hey, you can see all the other, our, our daily blog, our weekly blogs, daily and weekly blogs that we have on there. And maybe uh, see some of the other podcasts we have and Donnie's Straight Talk for Men. And the books that we have had published. And so check us out, yournewlifeministries.org, and visit the contact us page. Send us your prayer request. Tell us you just received the Lord. And and don't forget to find the church because the church is what's going to help you grow. It's where you can go and worship as he wants you to do on Sundays. And and just treat that day special. And your pastor can help you with things that you don't understand that you're reading and, and struggles. And you have Christian counselor from other, the other church members and a family member. And so really, and they also always have fun activities. Each church has something different and different outreach programs you become, you can become a part of. So I invite you to check out your local church because it will be a blessing to you. And let me pray 
Heavenly Father, I ask for all those who are listening out there to just please hear and answer their prayers, touch their heart, tell each one of them what they need to hear. If they need comfort, provide it. If they need provision, provide it. If they need healing, please heal them. Give them wisdom for everything they're troubled with, that they need wisdom and decisions they need to make. And I ask you this in Jesus' name. And don't forget, also send us your topics that maybe you want to hear or questions. And as always, in closing, you know you got this when you let God lead the way. We'll talk at you later, guys. Bye-bye.